It's extra drama for book number 28, Alone in the Crowd. I'm your host, Marissa Flaxbart, and with me again is Megan Shattuck, my cousin. Hello, Megan. Hello. I mean, you're other things besides my cousin. On most shows, if you were a guest, people wouldn't be saying, my cousin, Megan Shattuck. They would be describing you as... That's a great question. ...successful (laughs) lady engineer, Megan Shattuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. I mean, that is what you, you are. Um, but Megan and I are the only two cousins where, I mean, Megan, you are as close to me we're as the sister. only two cousins that ever cousined. Yeah. I mean, no, we're the only two cousins in our little branch of the family. The only yeah. two, both only children. I feel a very sisterly relationship with you, Megan. Yeah, definitely. So, just to set that up for the listeners. Although we did grow up far away from each other. It was always exciting when you would come to town. Yeah, that is a nice Chrissy's thing about <laughs> that is a nice thing about far away uh, relations. Actually, as is referenced in an earlier book of Sweet Valley High, when uh, the Wakefield's grandparents come to town for three oh. whole weeks. Was wait was that this book or was that that no. was the <laughs> no. one I was listening to? Sorry, I'm <laughs> getting my Sweet Valley is confused. That's the one. Uh, that's the same one that you were talking about in the main episode where with Emily Meyer. Yes. Yeah, because their grandparents stayed for like, it was like a long time. It was a long yeah, time. three weeks. Like, holy crap. I'm but they think about how special it is that like their Michigan yeah. family, they only get to see them once a year, makes the visits more special. Except for like their mom who was not having it, right? You no, know, Alice. Where was Alice this book? The Wakefield parents were not a factor in this book. Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, well, that's okay. We're, I'm, I'm tired have any of them. interventions with their children. <laughs> no. Speaking of our family, we did not reference something that I know I did mention years years and years ago when I wrote about this book for the blog, which is that Lynn Henry, L-Y-N-N-E Henry, is a very close to the name of my mother, uh, the maiden name, which was Lynn, Lynn McHenry, McHenry. <laughs> L-Y-N-N, but I mean, in an audio medium, it sounds almost exactly the same, Lynn McHenry. Yeah, I just thought that was a funny thing then on uncousin book we get to read about lynn henry yeah well that was part of why i thought like oh this would be a good one for megan to do even though other than that it doesn't really have anything to do with yeah lynn mchenry although i think that i mean i don't know i think that lynn mchenry i mean as listeners it's come up before but you know my mother passed away when i was 15 uh it's a long time ago now but i feel like she would relate to lynn henry yeah i I agree i think like of the characters in the book she would like Lynn would be the one she'd probably relate to most. Especially if she was like describing herself as a younger person, right. I think from my, my impression of my mom is that she had to, as she got older, like part of her growth was kind of overcoming a feeling of being, uh, you know, just like, too ugly to live <laughs> or oh like gosh. just like i mean i don't know i i'm i'm, I'm overstating yeah. it but you know in that way that teenagers feel it like okay like i'm allowed to be myself like i have good qualities and then like taking ownership yeah. of that i mean but i i didn't think of my mom as someone who had low self-esteem but i'm sh- i'm sure i know that she did yeah. when she was younger so 
Yeah, and I think also um, from a way of like independence too, of like, you know, Lynn's Lynn in the book is doing her thing and like yes, she's also lonely, but other than the lonely part, like, you know, Yarlin also did her thing and was very much Well, and I think like artistic creativity too as being a, like an yeah. outlet. I think my mom was into stuff like that. She wasn't a songwriter, but but let's talk more about poor Lynn Henry and her deal. Yeah. Did you ever feel like that when you were a teenager? I mean, like, did you, like, what was, what were you thinking about Lynn when you were reading about her? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, everybody, I think, or maybe not everyone, but I think a lot of people get some level of that. I felt like it was kind of almost over the top, like how it, she didn't seem, she wasn't catching a break on it for a while where it was just like, you know, all lonely and all terrible. And like, she didn't really seem to get much of a break in, until she was playing music, I guess. So yeah, I didn't get, I wasn't, I mean, I played music, but, uh, but yeah, I think getting into a hobby is always a good thing for somebody who's feeling lonely to do. So yeah. And I mean, the great thing for her is that she's finally able to share that hobby with other people because she's chosen such a solitary hobby and then she's also chosen not to share it with anybody yeah. else, except for, like, her students. And it's really exciting for her that by the end of the book, she... I mean, it helps that she's super talented. Like, right. <laughs> that's always a nice thing to have. Like, if you have a real gift that you've... I mean, she's practiced a lot, too, that, she, that she's really honed, then that that's yeah. helpful. Yeah, it turns <laughs> out all that time she spent um, being lonely, she was also getting really good at guitar and singing. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's true. To put it to work, Lynn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking now about uh, way back on an earlier episode uh, with my friend mm-hmm. Callie, where we talked about the question about like, what is art on the bonus episode? We were talking about it being something that p- other people need to observe. And that's like the journey that Lynn yeah, kind of takes here. That's true. That she shares it with other people and then she can reap the benefits of it in a totally new way. Yeah. I guess I'll admit that as much as I was frustrated with Lynn's inability to see her, like her good qualities, like that pissed mm-hmm. me off. I think that when it got to the part of the book about her having a really hard time believing that guy, this guy that she liked could actually have the feelings for her that she fantasized. <laughs> that right. was the part where I was like, especially as a teenager, but I haven't fully grown out of it. This feeling of like, Oh, reminding yourself that like, not like some people like that. Some, <laughs> this sounds so, so pitiful, but like the idea that, that, that someone could find you attractive is something that that's a part of my own life where sometimes I feel like I'm still stuck in adolescence. It's like Aww. you get caught up. I don't, uh, that's weird to say. I don't know. Maybe I'll cut this part out of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I think that like it's, it's certainly relatable though. Like, I mean, maybe not to like the Elizabeths or Jessica's of the world who can't <laughs> imagine eating lunch alone, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean like I think battling that teen insecurity or, you know, I have wicked imposter syndrome. That's, Mm-hmm. You know, kind of similar in a way. So I kind of relate in that on that front. Yeah, no, I think yeah. those I think those ideas are actually really similar, really, yeah. really uh, carefully linked. Um, you know, I've been having an experience lately where um, this play that I wrote that people are being very complimentary of people that have heard it. Uh, it we're we were in rehearsals to to put it on, <gasps> and I realized on the oh, thank you, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. It's been a really really thrilling time, and 
But I realized the first day that we were in rehearsals that I needed to kind of assume an, a new attitude where I didn't even realize I needed an attitude adjustment. But I like, oh, if I'm going to be working as a professional writer with these people that are, you know, looking to me to for some insight into how their words should be interpreted, like I need to like... I need to play that role. You know, I need to like live oh. up to that role. I can't just be deferent like, oh, well, you know, whatever you think is fine. You know, I can't do that. And right. I had to like think that I had to have that thought. It wasn't just like naturally like uh, I'm going to take ownership of th- these words that I wrote on purpose with a lot of, you know, I so right. I, it's a similar thing because it's like. If you had asked me what I thought of the play, like, I think it's awesome. Like, I think I did a good job. I'm yeah. really proud of it. But it's a similar thing of, like, f- for me, it embodies, or the way I think of it, at least, is, like, I don't expect other people to see the value in 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 me or in my work that I see in it. Yeah. And I think maybe Lynn has that in some in some level. She thinks her song is good, but she doesn't yeah. expect other people to think that it's good. Yeah. Well, and it's so vulnerable, too. Like, oh, yeah, she didn't hold anything back on that song. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I can relate to that, actually, with this. With this yeah. play. Um, so one thing that I think is significant about Lynn's transformation in this book mm-hmm. is the way in which it is different from another transformation that gets very hastily mentioned in chapter 12, the last chapter of the book, which is Robin Wilson's transformation. Mm. Do you remember Robin Wilson? Uh, not entirely. She was, um, well, for anybody who may not remember Robin Wilson, she was a fat girl that lost a lot of weight and then became a cheerleader. So that was her story. And she's stayed the way she's kept the weight off, you know, but the book hastily references that Robin could relate to Lynn and think about her with some pride now that she's seen her transformation. But of course, what sucks about (sighs) Robin's transformation? Yeah, I mean, you know, what sucks about it. It's that it was like she didn't really need to transform before, but right. You know, here we are in Sweet Valley. Like she, she needed a personality change and she got that and that was good. But like the necessity of her physical change in the universe of the book is really frustrating. Yeah. That's kind of shitty. Well, and I mean, I think probably in a similar way to like Lynn needing to feel better about herself, but you know, she doesn't have to keep wearing contacts if she doesn't want to. If that's just uncomfortable, then, you know, you don't wear your contacts. <laughs> yeah. I think actually what the book does, I have to say, really pretty well, is that it establishes that the reason for Lynn's shabby appearance is that she has no self-esteem and yeah. she isn't trying at all. Yeah. You know? It's not like a, I don't know, she's all that scenario where it's like, that's oh, she just the movie I kept thinking of, though. But yeah, <laughs> I was trying but to remember what it was called. It's not just that. It's no. also that she has so little self-esteem that she is putting in, like, negative effort. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of special when she's able to, like, transform in this way. Right. And it feels almost like good advice for yeah. young girls. It's less shitty than what they did to Robin. And oh my god, Megan, this is two books in a row. You have no way of knowing this because the episode before yours hasn't been released at this point when when Uh, we're recording. But this is two books in a row where I think like, this would not be a bad thing for teenage girls to read. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I think like it seems a lot more relatable to a lot more teenage girls than, you know, like bubbly Jessica and studious, but still really attractive Elizabeth and, you know, their perfect lives or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you come away from it thinking like, oh, if you like, if, if the reader is annoyed with Lynn, then it's like, oh, well, I need to not sell myself short. You know, yeah. what good qualities do I have? What what can I be brave enough to share with the world? I mean, there's some, her mom says something to her like, it takes a lot of courage to be successful, which I thought was a an interesting yeah. observation. Yeah. Because you have to put yourself out there, I guess, is what she's saying. Yeah. Especially if you work at the Silver Door. The Silver Door. Silver Door. <laughs> well, did you have anything else you wanted to get off your chest? Um... <laughs> So oh, yeah. I'm making this a conventional episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, there was another, there was a second instance where freaking guy was just talking and I marked it here. Let me find it. Oh, good. Um, yeah, we have not given guy enough shit for this particular aspect of his character, which is that he just is really enjoying listening to himself talk and yeah. very like, you're such a good listener. Oh, he did also say you're a real sport at one point, which I thought was a nice bit of 80s vernacular. Oh. Or I don't know if they actually spoke like that, but that's what they were that's, trying to pass it off as. That reminds me of this guy I had a crush on in high school who used to always give me high fives. And every time it was like, oh, dude, oh, I don't want to high five you. <laughs> like, this is not the hand contact that I am looking for at yeah. this point in my life. <laughs> Yes. Uh, There was so other separate thing was Jessica, where she said, like, Jessica didn't even seem to notice Lynn. Yeah. Oh, and it seems like in general, people don't notice Lynn very much. That was the dick move that Jessica pulled. I forgot about that. Where, like, I mean, (laughs) yeah, because it's just so expected. But um, oh, and there's the other one about him talking about himself. Just a page before that. So Lynn felt as if she were walking on air for the next six or seven blocks. She couldn't believe how easy it was to be with Guy. He was so forthright, so eager to talk about himself and his feelings. It was as if they'd known each other for months, even years. Best of all, he didn't press her or ask her questions. <laughs> yeah. What a guy. Oh, he didn't ask her any questions. It's like the like I have heard multiple people describe a terrible first yeah. date like that. <laughs> you know, like he just talked about himself the whole time and his emotions, and he did not ask yeah. me any questions. But <laughs> that's what you want. If that's Lynn, then that's what he's got. So yeah, Lynn is into it. They have a relationship dynamic that can really yeah. work for both of them. One of them loves to talk, and the other one loves right. to yeah, not talk. Yeah, I mean, talk. even right after that, it talks about that people asking her questions is what had so often interfered with her friendships. It's like, yeah, that if you don't want to get asked <laughs> questions, you might not have good friendships. Ooh, I don't know. A yeah. Secretive type. But, but yeah, like, so right after this nice one-sided conversation that Lynn was all blissed out about, like, I think like Jessica rolls up on them in her, I guess her Fiat. She rolls up on them and then like, says like, we have to talk. Oh, yeah. And then that's right. Tells Guy to get in the car, but doesn't give Lynn a ride. Yeah, Jessica wants to talk to Guy about the droids doing the big uh, rock around yeah. the clock fundraiser dance thing. And Guy is like, oh, Lynn, I'm, you know, I don't know. Is this okay? And Lynn's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But Jessica doesn't even bother saying, or nor does Guy, like, 
Lynn will give you a ride too. It's really yeah. actually kind of bullshit. It's like, later, sucker. But I, I'm going to give it a pass because it was necessary. It was expedient for the story. Very like true. If, I mean, they could have, I guess Lynn could have gotten in the car and just like been awkward, but. That's true. It was, a, it was a plot thing. Yeah. Oh, and then he calls her a real sport again. Ugh. You're a real sport. You know that. Yeah, like, I feel knows. like that's something I might say insultingly to somebody at work. <laughs> <laughs> like, bless your heart. You're a yeah. real sport. Yeah, you are just a real sport. You know that? <laughs> well, Megan, thank you for being the real sport. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you are also very welcome. Um, welcome to the club. Um, we were already in a family together, but now we are together in arguably a much more important family, the yes, family absolutely. of Sweet Valley High readers and the even more exclusive family of Sweet Valley Diaries guests. Ooh. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you You so much. are welcome and welcome. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Okay, that's it. Listeners, tune in next week to find out about uh, Bitter Rivals. Oh, so bitter. <laughs> Amy Sutton and Enid Rollins are oh so bitter. It just makes you make a face. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, bye. Bye. Is it okay with you if we just like talk about our thoughts about Lynn Henry and like her deal. Yeah. What is her deal? Boy, I hope this is recording.